This Morning with Jalen Nye and Daryl McIntyre is brought to you by Abe's Door Service, where service is their specialty. Visit abesdoor.ca. And good morning. Welcome to the all-new This Morning with Jaylen and Daryl Morley, too. It's uh, 7.36 as we roll along, and we arrive at the summer solstice. 8.57 our time is when summer officially arrives, but uh, today's the first day of summer, so congratulations on making it. You wouldn't have thought that it looked like summer if you were hanging no. out in the mountains here over the last couple Mm-mm. of days, or anywhere near Hinton, Jasper, yeah. down the Icefield Parkway, yeah. tons of snow came coming down. There were there were tourist buses that got stranded on the way to Moline Lake, for God's sakes, in June. Welcome to the mountains. Yeah, absolutely. Welcome to the mountains. Lots of warning for backcountry campers as yes, well. Yes, yes. And that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to get in a little bit more about uh, those who who like to do some backcountry hiking and camping and that sort of stuff. And news that Jasper uh, National Park no longer replacing some of those backcountry bridges when they're washed away. And it looks like there's some interesting different reasoning for it, but for those who use those bridges and those who get into the backcountry often, they're like, come on already, uh, let's get these fixed. Uh, Tanya Millen is a writer, a writer, a rider, an adventurer. She has traveled many of the trails in Jasper and Banff by horse since 2010. Joining us this morning, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks very much. Thanks for having me on. Uh, what can you tell us about this decision? What do you know about the decision to not replace some of these bridges in the back? And we're talking about across streams that can have pretty high water levels, that it's a, it can be dangerous to cross those streams, so bridges are almost necessary. But what do you know about the reasoning behind it? Yeah, well, I, I've been, I guess I've been trying to understand that, and, and other backcountry users, hikers and horseback riders have been trying to understand the rationale for that, for that decision. Um, I, I think it's quite unclear at this stage uh, because there is a really long cultural history um, in Jasper National Park and, and prior to it becoming a park in 1907, uh, you know, it's National Indigenous Day today, and um, and there's millennia of history there of Indigenous people using that as their traditional territory, and then uh, and then of course when the when the fur traders came, they were guided through the parks areas by the First Nations, um, and those trails were then used by explorers and by outfitters and finally recreationalists, which is sort of where we're where we're still at today. But as I understand it, the, the reason is, is both budget cuts, but also a determination to try and preserve the the ecology of, of those areas. And to keep people away. To keep people away, which seems to me a little counterintuitive, because the parks are supposed to be for us to explore and enjoy. Uh, so is that a good enough reason? Well, I mean, that, that's absolutely true. The number one legislated priority by the National Parks Act is to maintain ecological integrity in national parks. Mm. But the, you know, the sort of the juxtaposition of that is if you read the, if you read the Canadian Parks mandate, it it also talks about us, us humans and future generations. So it's, you know, protecting and presenting national significant examples of natural and cultural heritage, fostering understanding and ensuring ecological and commemorative integrity for present and future generations. So it's a real. You know, it's a it's a big challenge for national parks to balance that. I I certainly understand that, um, but I think the there's there is this long history, and so the the conversation that 
you know you and I are having today is about what is what is wilderness and it mm. you know the the backcountry of the park is not this pristine area that was you know never used by humans it's it's always been used by humans um, and these park these uh, trails have really long history but I mean it's not only that there's there's um, always concerns about poaching across across mm-hmm. national park boundaries and and you know how do you monitor for that there's uh, trail cams that the that the staff put up um, they're using helicopters now to helicopter in and check on the warden's cabins to do maintenance on the warden's cabins hmm. um, I mean they have Jasper National Park has about 25 horses in their uh, in their pens in in town that they can use um, but they're but they're not using them and they're not going out to use them to clear trail and and maintain the bridges so, so it's it, yeah no, just I'm mean, just curious. So, you know, for someone uh, like you, for for years now, have been uh, traveling the trails and in Jasper and Banff by by horse. Someone who gets out there and who en- enjoys this. What does it mean for you moving forward? Yeah, well, I I mean, I find it um, sad and frustrating, um, and it's it means that my nieces and nephews and your grandchildren might might never see those areas mm. and might never experience that cultural heritage um you know it's not it's not just me there was a, a collaborative letter sent this spring by the alberta equestrian federation which which represents horse riders across the province mm. but has um you know over sixteen thousand members uh, it was um, signed by the Great Divide Trail Association and the Alberta Trail Riders Association, the Cottonwood Crowds Association, which is a group of trail riders in Jasper itself, um, as well as the Backcountry Horsemen of British Columbia who have been doing maintenance on trails um, just outside Jasper National Park uh, in collaboration with the province of British Columbia in Mount Robson um, Provincial Park and have asked to you know whether they can help with clearing those trails that are that are butting up against um the boundary well and i assume uh the national park has final approval over what's done in the park so uh volunteer groups or organizations like the ones you just mentioned can't just go in there and unilaterally start putting up bridges or working on trails they'd have to get approval otherwise you're in trouble absolutely you know it's it's a national park and the, and the park management has the final say mm-hmm. on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's, um, you know, one of the stories that has been in the media is about Athabasca Pass National Historic Site, which is, um, which is a trail across a pass on the, on the continental divide, which has a long history, um, including being used as a fur trade route from 1810 to about 1860 by, uh, David Thompson and his his uh, group of merry fur traders, <laughs> and um, and and you can't access that that pass anymore through Jasper National Park because of lack of a bridge. <laughs> Interesting. Um, yeah, and and someone has uh, an engineer has designed a bridge, come up with funding, offered that bridge to the to yeah. Jasper National Park management, and and management has said no, thank you. Um, so, so again, it's it's an odd decision that that many people don't understand. 
Yeah, it's interesting. We just had a text that came in that said, you know what? Hey, you know what? There's no need for people to be back there You know, in this day and age. There's no need for people to be back there. What do you say to that? Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, if I, if Canadians as a, as a group don't, you know, don't feel that that cultural heritage is important or that they would never want to visit there or that it's not important to maintain that aspect of the national parks, then, then I mean, maybe that's where we're going. Yeah, and I totally get why you would like to be there and why you want to be there and what, you know, kind of impact it can have. It's going to come down to whether there's enough money to justify the relatively mm-hmm. few people who would go back there. And that, that ends up just being a hard reality, I think, Tanya. Yeah, and I mean, there, there are other, other angles to that. Um, you know, doctors across the country now are prescribing national parks passes for mental health. Um, obviously, there's a physical aspect to it. Uh, the national parks for years have promoted tourism to the parks, and, and that's an experience that I've had when I've been out there on a, on a horse pack trip, um, particularly on the North Boundary Trail, which is the, the section north of Highway 16, north of Jasper Townsite. Um, I often meet long-distance hikers, and quite often they're from overseas. Hmm. Uh, so that, that North Boundary Trail has has an international reputation as well as a national reputation and it's part of um the great divide trail which you know which is one of the few long distance hiking trails in canada so there is a Mm. you know there's certainly a group of people who experience or who value experiencing longer journeys Uh, you can still go, uh, as I understand. It's just more dangerous because of those facilities. Those, those, that infrastructure yeah. isn't there. Absolutely, and I mean, I can explain a bit about that. Uh, we're so, probably going to run out of time, but I can understand <laughs> that trying to trying to go across a yeah. river is dangerous. Having tree, having trails that are not maintained can be dangerous. Yeah, yeah and, and I mean, there's there's an ecological aspect to that too. I mean, the purpose of bridges and boardwalk is to keep humans out of creeks and marshes yeah. so that they don't damage the ecology. So, Or in so the, it, they don't get hurt and then you have to have search and rescue crews come in and try and get them out. Well, <laughs> I mean, absolutely, there's that too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, interesting yeah. stuff. Tanya, yeah, thank you so it's much. Complicated. Yeah, there's a lot of layers to it. Totally understand. Yeah. Tanya, yeah. thank you. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, if you are still able to go on some of your adventures this summer, uh, enjoy. Good luck and stay safe. Yeah, thanks very much. Okay, bye-bye. Tanya, Tanya Millen is a, is a rider, horseback rider, adventurer, writer, and uh, obviously loves these trails. Loves being able to have access Absolutely. to these areas. Absolutely. We'll take a pause here. Be back with more right after this. When I met you in the summer To my heartbeat sound We fell in love As the leaves turned brown this morning with Jalen Nye and Daryl McIntyre, presented by Abe's Door Service, with 24-7 emergency service where you speak to an actual person. Visit abesdoor.ca. But you lied so soon when I met you in the summer. Yeah, we were just talking about the, the ability to hop on a horse <laughs> and go into the back country 
and go for a ride and all that kind of stuff. Now you've you've done you've done some of not, well not back back not country back, back country, but I have ridden uh, around yeah. Cadavan. There's equestrian staging campgrounds, which are kind of cool. It's a campground, and then there's a little area that are like little corrals. Okay, and you can put a tarp over top for for the elements, and it's like box stalls, like stalls for the horses, so you can have them there at your campsite overnight. And then you go and you can do day trips through there if you wish. And it was very cool. And you're riding along a creek or going across a small yeah. creek or you're going up a mountain, which can be quite scary going straight up, by the way, uh, <laughs> virtually. Only it's if pretty you fall. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone who's taken any um, you know, helicopters through the mountain, and you can take helicopter rides. There's different uh, you know organizations out there that'll take you up out there. Um, it's been really cool over the past couple of years going into the mountains in a helicopter mm-hmm. and seeing some of those people... You know, with the the string of horses with all of the stuff on it, mm-hmm. and like looks like something out of a an old western or something. I'm like, oh my gosh, how amazing would that be? When you talk about a total disconnect mm-hmm. and just being in the element and in the absolute gorgeousness that is the Rocky Mountains, <gasps> so appealing. Yeah, but then it seems a lot of hard work. Oh, it's a ton of hard work, <laughs> and it can be scary. So you get on. So there was there was one trail that we we're going on that was on the edge on the side of a of a, of a mountain, and the, the the trail kept getting narrower, and the drop kept get, getting deeper. And it's like, okay, at some point, do we keep going? We got to a point where you saw some rocks and it was still at an angle. And you could see that some had gone across Mm. the rock. You could see the scrapes on the side Mm. of the rocks. And we're like, nah, Mm -mm. not doing that. So a lot of trust in a horse. Oh, my God. And you know what? These horses were not seasoned outdoor pack horses, right? They were our pleasure horses. (sighs) So we just turned around and got the heck out of there. And that was that. My heart was bouncing pretty hard, mm. oh, guaranteed. Boy, oh but really boy. cool. You know, you're alive <laughs> <laughs> for now. Yeah. Oh, it's seven fifty-two.